There are a lot of tools out there for B2B marketers. Some are good, some not so much. SalesLoft is one of the good ones and one of the fastest growing startups around. Today, we'll hear about how they stay focused on helping marketers do their job and how that fuels their growth. This is Design Driven, the podcast about using design thinking to build great products and lasting companies. Whether you're running a startup or trying something new inside a Fortune 1000, the tools, methods, and insights we talk about will help you create things people love. And now, your host, Jay Cornelius. Hey, everybody. We're here today with Lauren Langley. She is the Senior Product Designer at SalesLoft. How are you doing, Lauren? Doing great. How are you today? Fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. The sun is out. Uh, there's not much to complain about. No, not at all. It's beautiful over here, too. So um, let's just jump right in. Uh, so SalesLoft is growing quite rapidly. I see uh, lots of news about the company and all of the startup rags around town, and, and I see some national press. Uh, this must be an exciting time over there. Yes, it is uh, definitely an exciting time for us. Um, we are, we're growing in, in every way um, you can imagine and, and definitely getting, getting some good press, too, which um, is always exciting and positive. Uh, and we'll also be moving office locations uh, this summer so uh, to, to make room for, um, for more people and more innovation. So that, that's good. That, that's fantastic. It's always exciting to see uh, something come from nothing and, and turn into something that's, uh, that's really powerful. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there and uh, what are you working on today that's exciting you? Oh, um, so I um, am the senior product uh, designer over here. I started about seven months ago and uh, came in as actually the, the first full-time um, design hire for products. So I uh, came in to kind of help um, lead the way for product design and UX um, as a practice uh, within the company um, in terms of, of the actual product. So uh, I have been uh, leading the charge by um, just focusing on um, initiatives to bring consistency through throughout the, the app in terms of uh, visual design, um, also um, introducing the company and stakeholders to what UX research is and um, kind of have a, a game plan there. Uh, we're building our team out. Uh, we have our, let's see, we'll uh, have three designers, um, actually uh, four designers uh, starting next week. So uh, the team is definitely growing. I've uh, been uh, uh, looking for a UX researcher uh, to bring on to help lead those initiatives. So that's kind of uh, where we are now. But um, in terms of how, like what we're doing today, uh, just bringing the, the app from, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of in its teenage years now. It was uh, at its infancy for, you know, definitely the first year to year and a half. And um, there has been one, UI uh, refresh on it, but now we're really digging into creating like a, an entire design pattern li library um, and, and also innovating our features as we go. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it. So can you talk a little bit about how you're making design decisions? And you, you talk about building out a pattern library and a design system. So what kind of fuels that and, and how do you communicate the importance of those design tools and the, and the process across the organization, especially how do you communicate that with your users and with the, the key stakeholders within the company? Um, yeah, so um, I have a, a background um, in visual design and, and front-end uh, development and UX, so kind of all of those worlds um, to, to help inform 
me and and uh, bring my experience here to SalesLoft to kind of understand the importance of design. And um, I think, you know, it's definitely a process being the first one in and, and kind of explaining and um, explaining the importance um, and also creating a common language uh, with developers and, you know, cross-functional teams, but also up to the stakeholders. Um, the great thing about SalesLoft is that there's, there is buy-in and, and understanding um, at, you know, at least um, level of importance uh, from stakeholders um, and they have decided to um, invest in, in design and, and research. And that's, that's why we're here and we're, we're building the team. So that's, that's great. Um, the, um, you know, challenge every day is just kind of, uh, creating those processes and, um, you know, getting buy-in and, and creating kind of day-to-day -day tasks, uh, around, around design. The, the more you, you talk about design, the more it's, um, understood as well. So when you say, when you talk about design, are you talking about it as a process or are you talking about specific outputs or like what is the end goal and, and how does the company align around the purpose and, and the desired outcome from using design systems and where do they see the value? Um, so a lot of uh, the, the conversations are with stakeholders to um, explain first the importance of um, like step one is kind of like creating a uh, design that is usable and consistent and, and kind of explaining why that's necessary in terms of, you know, if there's a system that everybody is uh, designing and developing for, then, um, you know, it's uh, more efficient in terms of time. Um, and then also um, moving past usability and consistency into um, a um, delightful, uh, comfortable experience. Um, and so just having those kind of conversations uh, with stakeholders and, and teams alike um, to, and it kind of refers to the, you know, UX design success ladder. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but, um, you know, making, uh, starting a product, uh, you know, maybe functional, uh, and then moving that to a usable state, um, then, uh, comfortable, delightful, and then meaningful. So kind of, mm -hmm. um, yeah, hitting, hitting those points and, and sales law, uh, sales law particularly, we are kind of in the usable slash comfortable state. So, uh, our design system comes into play here, uh, where we, you know, have standards and then we can move along into, to more delightful experiences with, you know, more, um, animations and, um, uh, just bringing, you know, having the user want to use our product every day and, and enjoy using it and tell their friends about it. Yeah, sure. So what kind of metrics are you tracking to know whether people are are getting to that desirable level where they're getting to the point where they really enjoy using the product mm -hmm. rather than they're simply using it as a, as a task tool? Yeah. So as, as you know, and um, I think any, any designer probably knows those kind of metrics are hard to define um, because how do you say, you know, how do you uh, determine if, if something is useful and, and meaningful in somebody's life? And, um, you know, that is bringing value to them. But is that in terms of like what they what tasks they can perform, um, you know, quickly uh, with your product? Um, and so there are some metrics around that um, in terms of like um, usability testing and, and testing how long certain tasks take um, is, is kind of like one metric uh, we can identify, but also listening to our, our customers in, in every way possible. So with uh, different, you know, customer forums and um, asking for feedback uh, within the UI, 
um, and, and trying to just to listen to them and, and what, what they need. Right. So what kind of gains have you seen? I mean, you've been doing this for some period of time, and I imagine that you've rolled out some new changes that you expected to have an impact on people's usage of the product. So what kind of changes have you seen and and where do those things come from? Is that directly related to a specific design or a specific process or Mm -hmm. what's happening with the app? Yeah. um, So I would say that uh, probably the the biggest um, uh, project for metrics um, that we've, we've done is with the, the UI uh, refresh that came, it was delivered about um, I think a month or so before I got here. And um, so this is just kind of like a, a new, a new UI, a new theme on top of, of everything. It didn't really address any UX issues, but UI issues. And so we had um, a feedback mechanism to, to ask for feedback and have been, you know, we tracked that for uh, a couple months and um, started to, to hear a lot about uh, things that they liked and disliked. And, and a lot of the dislikes were around um, finding certain um elements on the page or, uh, the spacing was too large, you know, or too, too wide, too narrow, things like that. So just, um, creating themes based around those and addressing them with, um, kind of our, our new UI 2.0 and, uh, and, uh, release that. And we're, we're pretty happy with that because there's not the same, you know, negative feedback we hear. So that's kind of one way you can, you can manage that. Um, and then I would say in terms of like, the, the feeling of things, um, we have uh, a workflow um, that our our tool is basically a you know a workflow product um, for you know sales um, representatives and account executives, and um, so the workflow itself um, we've been listening out on what people like and dislike about that, and that's harder to you know, get metrics on what exactly they like and don't like about it. So we are going to do a um, design sprint around that particular problem and um, proposed that a, a few months ago and, and getting buy-in from stakeholders to invest in that. Right. So you mentioned sprints. Are, are you working in typical design sprints or how do you go about deciding what you're going to work on and, and how are you going to measure its impact once you're done? Like, how do you know when you're done? Um, I, I, I don't think anything's ever done. I mean, just, uh, you kind of, you listen, um, of course, and to, to see if, uh, you've addressed the problem and, and solved it as best you can, uh, by listening to the, the feedback your users give you. Um, and if you're obviously hearing less of it, then, you know, you're probably on target and can move to the next thing. Um, in terms of design sprints, so this one will be our first official design sprint, um, that we're going to conduct our typical day to day. Uh, we work in cross-functional teams. So a, a designer, um, is dedicated to a team. And so it, we work in a kind of Kanban or, uh, agile light, uh, methodology to um, to kind of integrate within um, those product development sprints. Yeah, I've heard that described as like agile with a lowercase a, like yeah. super strict <laughs> to uh, or agile ish or something similar. Exactly. Yeah. So I think um, you know it can really depends on on your company what what works best for you and and the personalities in your team as well and and how you like to work. 
Right, sure. So, and you're a subscription-based product, so you know there's a monthly recurring element to to, to what drives revenue for the business. Yes. Um, have you seen, or what have you seen that that the design team or the UX team has um, has presented that's actually driven an increase in that revenue? Um, well, I would I would say a lot of the the features that are requested um, uh, by our, our customers um, kind of drive our roadmap um, a bit because, you know, we're always listening out and, and want them to stay customers. So uh, a lot of requests that we're hearing um, frequently from um, our customers will be put at the, the top of the roadmap. And then as soon as the design team can, uh, we will, you know, work with um, product manager, product owner, to um, you know, stay as as close as we can to you know the the requirement stage and and start um, wireframes or comps as soon as possible. Right. So, can you walk through that process a little bit? Like when you get a request from a client or a customer, um, it might be unique. It might not. Um, how do you go through fielding those requests and then deciding what to work on? And what's that life cycle from? from that beginning request to it actually being released? Um, it really uh, varies on um, obviously what the, the request is, um, how how much we're hearing um, you know, from other customers, if, if that is a request. Um, and then mm-hmm. obviously the more noise, um, the, more, the more attention we pay to it. Um, and there are, I mean, I can't even tell you how many uh, items there are kind of on our backlog. Um, so we, we address, obviously, the, the noisiest ones um, and the ones that will provide the most value. We also um, are, you know, we have competitors, so we want to stay um, ahead of the curve and, and innovate as much as, as possible and, and try to release features that um, our competitors haven't. So it's just kind of a, a hard balance of, um, you know, all of those things. So is it is it an innovative feature? Is it something our customers... Um, is it a pain point that, you know, we can solve there? So it's um, just a lot of uh, discussions and, and seeing what the value is for, for the business and also our customer. Yeah, so that's always an interesting uh, thing to balance is customer feedback versus what you see your competitors doing. So we think about human-driven design or, or customer-centered design as being something where you listen to your customers, but obviously you have to see what else is happening in the marketplace. So mm-hmm. how much do you pay attention to what your people are requesting versus what you see other people doing? Like, how does that balance play out? Um, I would say it is um, probably majority focused on the customer uh, feedback first. Um, and, and a lot of times they, they go in hand in hand in what uh, our customers or, you know, prospects are seeing out in the, um, the space anyway. So, you know, they, they may see something uh, being developed somewhere else and, and, uh, have an eye on that and, and ask us for it. So, you know, a lot of times they go hand in hand. Yeah, sure. So the typical day at Sales Loft on the design team, what does that look like? What kind of activities are you doing? What kind of tools are you using? Uh, what, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do day to day. Sure. Um, so our, our we have company-wide stand-ups um, and so then I will meet with the, the design team. And you do that every day? Every single day, yes. So And, and that's a quick, you know, uh, less than 10-minute 
stand up. So we're all on the same page on what we've completed the day before, what we're doing today, and if there are any blockers. And um, so that's kind of where where we start. Uh, we also have uh, team stand-ups as well. So each designer will meet with their team. Um, just some, you know, so the, uh, the work that uh, everybody is, is doing um, uh, is surfaced. So that's... Um, that's kind of where we start. And then in terms of what we do day to day, it's um, a lot of feature based work. So working with with the team on, on what their needs are um, in terms of uh, comps or thinking through um, features or, you know, user experience um, uh, issues or um, recommendations. We also are constantly um, reviewing designs that our UI engineers um, are um producing. And um, so we have a part in the process where there is a, an official design review before it goes to QA. Um, so that's been that's been great for us to kind of establish that so that there's, you know, checks and balances on, on creating the, the best quality uh, product that we're releasing. Sure. So the, the process, is it um, kind of a rapid iteration um, within those sprints, are you? Is that something where you're you're trying to evolve something every day, and and you present that at your stand up, and, and it's a constant evolution, or like what's the psychology or the the approach behind that? Sure. Well, ideally, and um, mostly we we stick to this is trying to um, have the the comps uh, designed um, when the requirements are being created, so that. Uh, we can stay ahead of development, um, and, and that typically uh, works for us. So that uh, the product manager will write the requirements, and we can drop our comps um, in our Jira stories or you know whatever um, system that that your company uses, um, so that they're they're ready for the developers to pick up. And then we just work uh, as closely as possible if there are questions um, as we go along, and um, always keep things up to date uh, by. Um, keeping Envision comps and prototypes. Mm -hmm. uh, we integrate those comps into our JIRA tickets. Um, and then in terms of the tools that we use um, as designers, uh, we use Sketch. And we also have been using the Craft plugin for Sketch to mm -hmm. uh, sync very closely with um, Envision. So that's been a great part of our process. Uh, another um, thing we use for Sketch is the Sketch Measure plugin. Uh, which exports um, code. So it'll um, export a HTML file that we also include um, for developers to, so that they can stay uh, very close to the, the actual code um, of what we're designing. So that's helpful. Right. And so when you say comps, like what level of fidelity are these comps? Are they uh, um, wireframes? Are they you know, um, full color? Like how, how let, me, let me start that over. Mm -hmm. When you talk about comps, like what level of fidelity are these comps? Are they wireframes or are they full color? Or like how closely does what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis actually look like the finished product? Typically, we are high fidelity comps. Um, it, you know, if wireframes are needed um, to, you know, prototype something out, uh, we will definitely use those if needed. But yeah, um, typically it is high fidelity comps. Um, so what you, you know, pixel perfect. And um, the design system really comes into play here. We're going through an exercise to, you know, kind of componentize our 
um, our elements so that it is easier also for us um, as designers to, to create those comps quickly. Right. And I guess that takes some time to set up on the, on the front end before you actually have all those things in place. And it makes it easy to set up those comps if you're just picking out a new feature to, to get the right symbols in place and to, to get something that resembles the actual application. Yes, absolutely. And um, the components that we're creating are in step with what the uh, UI engineers um, are doing, too, to um, help with their process. They're componentizing um, all the elements um, within the code as well. So that's helpful. How have you seen having a common design language across both the people who are building the UI and, and the interaction patterns and the, the developers on the back end who actually have to build the stuff and make it work? How have you seen those design systems and, and the pattern libraries helping communicate across those two teams and, and keeping people aligned? Well, we are creating the design system now, and, and hopefully we will begin to see the, the fruits of our labor. But the intent behind it is to create a common language that um, a designer and a UI engineer and a developer can, can speak in terms of um, components. So if we're all talking about a sub-nav, we, um, we, uh, we know what that looks like. We know how that behaves. Um, we know how that acts, and um, uh, kind of we know the, the the value of that to our user. Are you going into like super fine grain detail with all of these design system elements? Are you like going into like the atomic design systems, where it goes down to the uh, literally the atomic level, and then building up from there? Or how are you approaching building out the system? Yes, we are. We are. Um, uh, addressing it from atomic design system and uh, creating the, the smallest elements being our um, icon fonts um, and our, our buttons and our you know, padding and spacing um, and building up from there. So from the, the micro level to the macro level, uh, I think is the approach that we're, we're taking and it's, it's um, helpful for us as well. Um, so from, um, those smaller elements all the way up to components could be um, the, the form system, uh, tables, responsive um, navigation, um, all the way up to page level design. And then all of the interactions and the various workflows and all of that, how are you prototyping what someone is going to do when they're trying to accomplish a task? And what are you using to document that or, or to help people understand that better? And then think... Uh, or talk us through the process of getting from that initial idea to getting something that you feel is going to actually solve the problem. Well, I think um, in terms of uh, kind of the the interaction and behavior uh, system, we are we're still kind of exploring how how to document that on a kind of global design system level. But for right now, in um, in our deliverables, we are creating notes. Um, and comments within our Envision prototypes. And we're also working extremely closely with, with our um, developers and um, you know, just conversation goes a long way as well. Um, we document as much as possible within our feature requirements um, in JIRA or Confluence. Right, so what's the big challenge? Like, you've got all these systems in place and you've got a, a team that you're building out. So what is the, the thing that's that if you could solve one thing within the, the work that you're doing, what would that be and what kind of impact would that make? That is a fantastic question. Um, I 
think that since establishing these these processes and and systems, I think that there's definitely buy-in. I'm not sure that we're all the way there in in terms of all the you know engineers and stakeholders understanding exactly what design can bring to the table. So I, I think maybe um, having more conversations about about how design can can provide um, more value to the user. I think that's kind of still um, something we're working on. And you know, like we talked about metrics earlier, uh, it, it's the hardest thing to define um, as well in, in terms of metrics. So uh, definitely still exploring that and um, uh, open to um, any <laughs> any suggestions there as well. Who are you having a, that conversation with? Is that the C-suite? Is is that a, a product owner or like who who is still? Um, maybe the holdout in the organization for for really buying into this method of thinking. Um, well, I, I think there there is definitely buy-in. Um, I think it goes both ways from you know down uh, from uh, product owners to engineers. They they've definitely bought in into the system and, and accepting um, design. Um, and then in terms of C-suite having those conversations as well. Um, so I. Yeah, I think there's definitely buy-in. I, I think maybe you know it's it's up to to me and the the designers also to to show kind of um, how design uh, can provide that value. So um, you know, I think it's it's partially up to us. Right, and that's all about finding a metric that you can use to communicate that value to the right person. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think with the um, the design sprint that. Uh, We've just gotten approval to do, and uh, that's you know definitely that's positive uh, to know that um, our executives uh, really do value design and, and want to see um, and kind of want to prove out what design can do. So so hopefully uh, hopefully that goes well, and um, you know we we can kind of um, get some metrics from that as well. So Lauren, what is um... What would you say is the most exciting thing that you're working on right now? What's what's really getting you up and uh, out of bed in the morning and, and ready to go into sales loft and do good work? Well, I think that um, as a, a product design team, we're at an uh, ideal um, place where of product development, where our, our platform is it's beyond its infancy and it's it's really growing up in terms of it, it kind of has has a face it has a, a behavior um, but we really kind of want to to push the envelope and innovate and and um, we're creating our design system now and uh, kind of see see where that can lead us in in terms of bringing more more delight and, and meaningful interactions to our customers and and providing value. Uh, to them um, to accomplish their goals, but also enjoying their experience of, of opening up Sales Loft every single day. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you and maybe hear more about Sales Loft, or maybe they're interested in joining the team over there, what's the best way to connect? Sure. Uh, yeah, feel free to um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lauren Langley, and uh, on Twitter as Art Ninja Seventy Nine. And you can um, follow Sales Loft on social media and uh, find us at salesloft.com.
Well, again, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out and chatting with us today. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the show at some point in the future. All right. Thank you so much, Jay. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Design Driven. We're glad you enjoy the show. Have comments, questions, or an idea that you'd like us to cover? Point your browser to designdriven.biz and click Contact Us on the top of your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends and colleagues about the Design Driven Pod. Post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or send them an email. And tell them to go to designdriven.biz or wherever they find their podcasts. Until next time, remember what Thomas Watson, founder of IBM, said, Good design is good business.